Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for September 23rd, 2020. I'm teaching a series entitled Greater is Coming. And I've been teaching on faith and patience for months and how we, got, we must have the faith to believe God and then the patience to endure long enough to see what God said. And if we live this way with faith and patience, Hebrews 6 and 12 tells us that we shall inherit the promises of God. That's why I keep telling you that greater is coming for you. You are not a mistake. God made plans for you before the world began. And as you walk and live by faith, those plans will unfold right before your very eyes. Greater is coming for you. This is part 31 of the series. The title of today's message is The Attack is Against Your Purpose. As a born-again, blood-bought believer, you have to know that once you start walking in your divine assignment, once you start living as the man or the woman that God has called you to be, there will be attacks. And the attack is not really against you. It's against your purpose. Satan doesn't want you to maximize the purpose and the potential that God placed inside of you from the foundations of the world. Uh, but it doesn't matter. As long as you're submitted to God, you will manifest it. You will get out of you everything that God deposited on the inside of you, and you will get it done before you die. Your job is to find it, to follow it, and to finish it. Say amen to that. All right. So we've been studying the life of David. Today, we're going to cover 1 Samuel chapter 18, verses 8 through 11. I love this story. There's a lot in this story, so let's get into it. So yesterday, we learned that Saul allowed the green-eyed monster of jealousy to get a hold of his heart, right? He, he, he got upset when the Israelite women were singing, hey, Saul has killed his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. Saul really got upset. I mean, the Bible says that he had a, an eye of jealousy towards David from that day forward. Now, Saul was the king. He could have and should have laughed it off. He could have just said, look, those ladies don't know what they're talking about. I'm the king. I'm fine. This little kid is still a kid, you know, whatever. But no, he was insecure and he allowed what they said about David to change his perspective of David. Now, from David's perspective, David had done nothing wrong and he was just being David. And all of a sudden, Saul changed on him. He shifted on him. Now, this is, I love this part of the story. So the very next day, the Bible says, a tormenting spirit came to trouble Saul. Now, this was not new. This had been happening for a while. Now, prior to this, whenever the tormenting spirit came, he would call for David, David, the harp player. And David was anointed to play the harp. So David would play the harp and the spirit of the Lord will come and the peace of God will overtake Saul and the tormenting spirit will leave. But not now. Now, why? Because Saul is upset with David. Saul is pissed off. I don't want to call that little joker. So he's like, no. So this tormenting spirit comes and is troubling Saul. And now he doesn't want to call for David, right? And, and, and why? Because David was the people's favorite. And so Saul's inner secure insecurities was keeping him from really receiving from the anointing on David's life. So he refused to call him. Then the Bible says that Saul got to the point where 
this tormenting spirit was driving him crazy. He started running around the palace like a madman, right? And, and David saw what was happening. And so David didn't know what was going on. David didn't have no issues with Saul. So David was like, oh, let me go get my harp. So he runs and gets the harp and comes back and he starts playing the harp for the king. But this time, because the king had issues with David. See, you can never receive from the anointing on a human if you don't respect the human, if you don't honor the human in the loop. David was still anointed to play the harp for the king, but the king had issues with David, so the king couldn't receive. So the harp did nothing. And, and, and as he's going crazy, he, ha he picks up a spear, the Bible says, and he has the spear, and he's looking at David, and he's getting upset, and he launches the spear at David. The Bible says that he tried to pin David to the wall. Now, thankfully, he missed. David escaped the attack. So what does this mean to you today, right? So what does this mean? As you think about this story, what does this mean? I have four things to share with you in this morning. And as I get into these four things, now that I'm about to start teaching, I want you to rid yourself of every distraction, lock in, open up your heart to receive four things. Number one, here we go. Now, once again, the attack is not against you, is against your purpose, is against your, your assignment. At the end of the day, from Satan's perspective, you're not, you're not all that important. So he's not really concerned with you. But what he doesn't want is for your purpose to manifest in the earth. So he's really upset with God, Satan is. And so what Satan is doing is trying to stop what God wants to do in your life. So the attack is against your purpose. See, now let's think about it from David, David's perspective for a minute. David, I love this story, by the way, but David went from a nobody to a national hero overnight. One day he was delivering lunch for his brothers. The next day he was living in the palace, right? And on his way to the palace, he gets promoted to general. And on his way to the palace with the king, all of a sudden these people, it's like a spontaneous crowd came and it was almost like an impromptu parade. And then women come out and they start calling David's name and they make up a song that David, Saul has killed his thousands, as David, his tens of thousands. They're, they're singing. All of a sudden, David, David was taking lunch to his brothers, right? And in the same day, these people are crying out and calling out his name. He killed the giant. Oh my God, what's going on? And now he is a national hero. The spotlight is on him. They're singing out. They're calling. And he was minding his own business when all of this started right? And so when you think about it, it is truly amazing. Let me go back up a little bit. Let's go back to the day that the prophet came to town. So the day that the prophet came to town, David got up that morning and he went out to tend sheep like he always did. And so he's out there minding his own business, tending to his father's sheep. When one of his brothers comes and says, hey man, you got to get home. There's some, uh, some dude is at the house. I don't know. You, you, hurry up. And so he comes home. He's like, what's up? There's this man there, he's a prophet. And then the prophet speaks some words, something about him being a king. And then the prophet puts a little bit of oil on his head. And then the prophet said something. And, and then the prophet left. And, and David feels like he's, whoa, he feels different. The Bible says that the power of God came upon David from that day. And so now the power of God is on him. The anointing is on him to be a king. But he has to go back out to still be a shepherd. And he tries to do that. And then he gets the call, you know, all of that. Just a few weeks later, he's living in the palace. He's a general officer. The spirit of God is on him. 
And now this guy, the king is trying to kill him. All of this happened. Why? Because God was actually, this is not David's story. This is God's story. See, my life, the life, when I, when I write the book of my life, and actually it's already written in heaven, but there's a, a, a book in heaven with my name on it, it's not my story. My story is God's story. See, when people read the story of your life, God wants to be the star on every page. So if you look at David's story from God's perspective, it's God's story. God is actually unfolding these things right before David's eyes. So when the king was trying to kill him, he was actually trying to kill what God was doing in his life. David was predestined. Guess what? You are predestined. David didn't understand what was going on. Really, I mean, he was a kid. He didn't understand what was going on. And sometimes you don't understand what's going on, but God is still working. God is working even when you don't know how he's working. Even when you don't know that he's working, even when you can't see that he's working, God is always working. Now, when he's working, like, like it happened with David, there will be some people that raise up. Once you know who you are and you're comfortable being you, there will be some people who, who get raised up, right? Just like God is going to raise up people to use their power, their ability, their influence, and their money to help you in ways that you cannot help yourself. That's called favor. Guess what? Satan has a vote. Satan is going to raise up people to come up against you like he did in this case. Saul had some insecurities in his heart. Those insecurities opened the door to Satan. Satan got in and then Satan started manipulating Saul to kill David because he was trying to kill his purpose. I'm saying that there are going to be some people that turn on you and you won't even know why they turned on you. And it's because their insecurities have opened the door to the enemy and you're secure in who you are and you haven't done nothing wrong to them. But here, here come all these people turning on you because their attack, the attack is against your assignment. The attack is not against you. It's against your purpose. But as I close out this point, let me remind you what I told you yesterday. The good news is that their poison cannot stop your purpose. At the end of the day, Satan cannot curse what God has already blessed. And so if God is on you and in you and with you and for you, he's more than the whole wide world against you. Say amen to that. Number two. Number two, you got to be, look at me. I want you to be at peace with living as the man or the woman that God has called you to be. Just be, at, com be comfortable being you. See, when you are secure in your calling, when you're secure in your divine assignment, when you know who you are, then you will never be moved to jealousy. You can celebrate the diversities of giftings and callings without jealousy because you know who you are. When you see someone operating in their purpose, it doesn't bother you because you're not insecure. The people that, that get bothered are those that are insecure. If you're insecure and you don't know who you are, then when you run into somebody who knows who they are and they're walking in their divine assignment and they have confidence and God's grace is on them, then you get upset. They get upset. Why? They're getting upset because they don't know who they are. See, Saul was a king, but he was insecure. He was a king, but his insecurities opened the door to Satan. And once Satan got, got in, his life was going crazy. He was running around like a lunatic, you know, throwing spears and stuff. Saul, the king tried to kill David the boy because he didn't know who he was. And so let me just tell you, he, the king was intimidated by a boy because he was insecure. So this tells me two things. Number one, personal insecurity will always lead to envy and strife and, and, and turmoil. And number two, when you know who you are and you are walking in your calling with confidence, it will cause people to either celebrate you like the women did or oppose you like Saul did. 
at the end of the day, you just got to be comfortable being who God called you to be. Now, I am very comfortable being Rick Pena. I'm cool. I'm comfortable being me. The reason why uh, people ask me, like even uh, uh, in, uh, in the corporate America setting, people are like, man, Rick, how come you're so comfortable? talking about God. How come you're so comfortable posting even things about God on LinkedIn? And that's supposed to be for business. How come you're so, com listen, because I know who I am. I'm, I'm pretty comfortable being me. I'm not trying to be nobody else. I, I, I know that people are like, oh, well, you, maybe you shouldn't do this. Maybe you shouldn't do, how about this? How about I'm going to do whatever the Holy Spirit leads me to do. And, and, and things are going to fall wherever they fall. I, I made it this far by being led of the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to continue to be led of the Holy Spirit. I'm pretty comfortable being Rick Pena. I know who I am, and, and I am not going to try to be anybody else. Now, there are going to be some people that celebrate you when you live that way. There's going to be some people that oppose you when you live that way. But at the end of the day, you just got to be fixed and focused on God and be whoever it is that God has called you to be so that you can leave a mark in this world that will not easily be erased. Say amen to that. All right, number three, never let success get to your head. Now, this is a reminder. I got to keep reminding you about remaining humble. David did not allow the sudden fame to get to his head. And this is actually pretty impressive because he was a teenager. He was a teenager and people were calling his name. He was a teenager and, and people were calling out like, you know, he's in the middle of this boom impromptu parade and he did not allow it to get to his head. And the reason why I think he didn't allow it to get to his head is because David knew that God was doing the work. When you know that God is on you and in you and with you and for you, when you know that it's the father who lives in you, he's giving you the words and he's performing the work. When you know that your success is coming by God's grace and not your merit, then you can't take credit. So you deflect the glory right back to God. When God graces you to succeed, never allow pride to get a hold of your heart. Pride, the devil will say, hey, you did it. And no, this is why I'm always, no, to God be the glory. No, hold on, Rick, but you did it. No, to God be the glory. Now, hold on, but you studied, you prepared, you did, yeah, 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 I got it. But even whatever I contributed to my success, it was still the grace of God. So never take God's credit. Remember, God gets the glory, we get the benefits. I like that arrangement. I will always give God the glory and he will continue to give me the benefits and I will continue to be blessed. So remain humble. Greater is coming for you. You know why? Because God is working out his predestined purpose in your life. Number four, and finally, last point for today, to walk with God, you must be committed for the long haul. Look, there are things that you're called to do that are not going to happen for weeks or months or years or decades. And I've been teaching on that for a while. So you got to take the long approach with God, right? There will be times and seasons where everything seems like it's going right. And then there are going to be times and seasons where everything seems like it's going crazy, like it's not working. Why is this not working? And, and there will be times where people love you. And there will be times where the same people who used to love you turn on you. People change, circumstances may change, seasons change. At the end of the day, you got to be committed for the long haul. You got to be committed that, look, I'm in this, I'm in it to win it. And I'm not, the only way I can lose is if I quit and there's no quit in me. So, after we study, look, the life of David, as we walk through this thing, you're going to see that David had a long way to go. I mean, he didn't become the king until 13 years later. And in those 13 years, I mean, he had multiple attempts on his life. He lived in caves. Uh, he went through all kinds of crazy stuff. But after 13 years, he became the king of Judah. Seven years later, he became the king of Israel. It happened because he didn't give up. He didn't cave in. He didn't quit. You must be committed 
for the long haul. So come what may, look at me as I close. Keep your eyes fixed and focused on Jesus. If you do, you will arrive at God's overall expected end for your life. Now, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to be easy. Sometimes we'll be, there will be times and seasons that are pleasant. There will be times and seasons that are challenging. There will be times and seasons where people get along with you. There will be times and seasons where they don't. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, you have to be fixed and focused on God so that you could be the man or the woman that God has called you to be. And if you do that, then not only are you going to make it to heaven, but you're going to enjoy the ride. You got it? Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, I know who I am. More importantly, I know whose I am. I rest in who you have called me to be. I will not allow jealousy to ever get a grip of my heart. You may not have given me what you've given others, but then again, you didn't give them what you gave me. I walk in the grace that you've placed on my life and I rest in it. I am not a self-made man. I am who I am by your grace and I will never forget it. The realization of your grace on my life keeps me humble and dependent on you. And lastly, Father, I know that trouble may come my way. <laughs> but I will not be troubled by my trouble. I trouble my trouble when I refuse to be bothered by it. I'm committed for the long haul, which is why I can boldly declare that greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting my notes, don't you want my notes? Go to todaysword.org, click on the subscribe button, put in your email address. You'll get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. So listen, this is today's word. Apply it today. Tomorrow, I have another one, right? And so, so listen, meditate on this word today. The attack is against your assignment. The attack is against your purpose. People are not really attacking you. You got to be able to look at them like Jesus looked at Peter and said, get thee behind me, Satan. Look at, look at people and know that even sometimes when they're rising up against you, they don't know what they're doing. Just pray for them and to see for them. They're, they're not going to really bother you. Their attacks are not going to destroy you, right? So you can be at peace. You can pray for them in earnest and you can keep it stepping. You will become the man or the woman that God has called you to be for such a time as this. Do me a favor. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message has been a blessing to you. And then also share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing day. God bless you.